Thank you for listening to BLC's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by Daryl Reed. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. But I get to share with us this morning, it was supposed to be Patrick, if you guys read the dates to diaries, but he's on holiday, so he'll be in next week, so we, we, we tagged out. So don't miss next week, it's going to be great, uh, Patrick's going to be, going to be sharing. And uh, today's 94.7, obviously none of you guys are fit and healthy, we're the lazy ones, and uh, so we're all in the same boat here together. Uh, I've done it, got the t-shirt, and let's leave it there. But we're going to go on our own journey today. We're going to be running our own race. And we're going to go on a journey from being a warrior, like mentally stressed and anxiety warrior, to a, a warrior. And uh, the, the road we're going to be traveling on is the road called peace. And so I want to invite you to come on this journey with me as we journey from warrior to warrior. And we're going to be taking a couple stops. Some of the stops will just be informative where you'll just get some information. You know, when you're going on a tourist drive and you stop and you read an interesting thing, it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's cool, that's interesting. And then sometimes on the stop you need to buy some food and you need to get some, you know, energy into you. Sometimes you need some repairs and maintenance. Maybe you need a, an oil change or you need to change the tires or something on the journey. So there'll be a couple of things like this that we're going to go through on our journey today. And so our first thing I want to make us aware of is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. It says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. And so hopefully when you all leave here today, you'll be glad because you'll get a good word and you won't be feeling weighed down. But so on this journey, the first stop that we're going to be stopping at is the kingdom stop. I've already shared the scripture, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, peace is the kingdom, just the same as joy is the kingdom. And so when we are filled with peace and joy, and because we are righteous because of what Jesus has done for us, and we continue to live a righteous life, that is the kingdom. The kingdom is, is released. We're called to preach the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. These are some of the key elements of the kingdom. And so perhaps in your workplace, perhaps in your school, perhaps in your, your family, there, there's maybe some you know, disunity. There's maybe some uh, contentious issues. There's maybe some uh, grumpiness. There's maybe some stress by you just carrying the presence of Jesus in the form of his peace, you are changing the atmosphere because you are releasing the kingdom because peace is kingdom. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And so by carrying a heart of peace, you can shift and change a spiritual atmosphere just by being centered and filled with, with peace, with his peace. I mean, I'm sure we've all been in, uh, in, in meetings or in environments where, where someone's just having a bad day. It even happens in our office yeah, at church. Don't tell anyone. But sometimes people have a bad day and, and everyone's aware that they're having a bad day. We've all been in meetings or walked into a room where we're just like, oh, wow, what's going on over there? But it's like a storm happening over there. And then we all tiptoe around that storm because we're all, you know, a little bit, let's just keep our distance and just stay away from, from that storm. Uh, and then sometimes we even agree with that storm. We partner with that storm. We partner with that atmosphere of negativity and of, of hopelessness uh, because it can become so overwhelming. And, and when you face that, when you see that, 
seeing it and, and recognizing it is the first step. But then it's to be, oh, but wait a second, I carry an atmosphere from a different kingdom. And that atmosphere that I carry is an atmosphere of peace. And so as I choose to be founded in Jesus and uh, center myself in the peace that he has for me, I'm just going to release peace into this environment and maybe God will give you a, a word of knowledge as to how to go and approach someone or otherwise you just need to be present and just not partner with that negative spirit and release a heavenly kingdom atmosphere by just being centered and rooted in his peace. And so we change atmospheres as we, as we carry and walk in Jesus' peace. It's the kingdom. The kingdom is released wherever we go. I think without peace, the kingdom can't fully operate. It's, it's like a foundational thing, and we're going to talk about the link between uh, peace and, and faith a little bit later on in the journey. But, but peace is a doorway for the kingdom to flow and invade. We're called to preach the kingdom, and peace is one of the doorways for that to happen. So the second stop on our, on our journey is to realize that we're all familiar with the saying that love is not something that God does, but love is who God is. And well, it's the same thing with peace. Peace is one of the names of God. In, uh, in Judges chapter 6, if you guys were here last week, Jan shared two wonderful, powerful words. And in the morning, he shared about fearless courage and about Gideon. Well, in Gideon, um, when, when he's encountering the Lord in Judges chapter 6, verse 24, uh, the Lord says, be at peace. And Gideon encounters God as peace. And so he says... Um, it says in, in verse 24, Gideon built an altar and called it, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. God is peace. And so peace is not just something that God carries. It's who he is. His very nature is peace. In uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. When we encounter him, we encounter his peace. I'll talk more about that a little bit later as well. Romans chapter 15, verse 33, it says, The God of peace be with you all. He's the God of peace. There's a whole bunch of other scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For he himself is our peace. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. And so God is peace. When we encounter God, we encounter the peace of God. And if we walk away from an encounter without peace, well, then we need to question, did we actually really encounter God? Or did we, for that just that brief moment, have his peace and then step right out of that encounter and, and leave it all behind? But when we encounter God, our very nature, our DNA shifts and changes and we come into alignment of walking and living in the peace that he has. And as we carry his presence, because the Holy Spirit is inside of us, we are carrying his peace everywhere we go. He gives us peace. And so that's our next stop on this journey, is that peace is a gift from him for you and me. He gives us peace. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace, this is Jesus talking, my peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus gives us his peace. I mean, what, a, what an incredible gift, the peace that Jesus has. He, he gives to you and me, and we get to carry and hold and host that peace. It's his presence. It's the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus gives us not from a, a worldly perspective, but from a heavenly perspective. And so the same thing for us to go about our daily business is not to, to give and to respond and to react. Because I think so often we find ourselves in the busyness of life responding and reacting to things instead of being intentional about giving what we want to give from heaven and releasing a heavenly atmosphere of peace, releasing the kingdom. And so we need to be intentional and set our minds to say, I'm not going to give from a worldly perspective. I'm going to give from a heavenly perspective just as Jesus gave to us, just as Jesus lived and then sent us to go and do the same. So God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live from a, a heavenly perspective and I'm going to give from a heavenly perspective. And so I'm going to choose to give and release peace to everyone who I come across and meet on a daily basis. Now we've gone through the first three stops quickly. We're going to start to slow down and need to do some work on, on the vehicle as we carry on with our journey. The fourth stop on this road from being a, a, war, a warrior to a warrior is that peace is a foundation for faith. You see, I think faith is almost built on this understanding of being rooted and centered in the peace of Jesus. Mark chapter 4, verse 38 to 41. This is uh, the disciples, they're in a big storm in the boat and they start to freak out and panic. And it says, But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. I love that, a great calm. I mean, I've never heard of a, a great calm. <laughs> it's like it's calm or it's not calm. A great calm comes upon the sea. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, the disciples are freaking out. They've seen Jesus do multiple miracles but yet they're in this storm. The waves are probably crashing over the bow and the boat's being rocked this way and that way and they're freaking out. They go wake Jesus. Like, don't you care? We're going to perish. We're going to die. Jesus wakes and he just says, peace, be still. And then rebukes the disciples and says, don't you have any faith? See, the disciples could do nothing in the storm because they had no peace in the storm. Jesus had such a, a level of peace in the storm that he's sleeping in the bottom of the the boat on the pillow he was not stressed at all he's so peaceful in that moment and from that place of peace he's able to with faith speak to the wind speak to the waves and change the atmosphere and bring a total transformation see peace is a key for the supernatural I think we, we, we get so excited and we think it's all about the noise and the roo ha yay you know 
powerful, loud, fun stuff and boldness and courage and all those things are so good for the, the supernatural to flow. But peace is one of the foundations that all of this stuff stands upon. Without peace, the kingdom cannot operate fully and your faith cannot operate fully. And so the supernatural cannot flow through you unless you're rooted in a place of peace. <sighs> Ease. So the question is, well, can you have faith without peace? Yeah, I think you can have faith without peace, totally. I mean, sometimes we're, we're all stressed and anxious and we can still have faith for a situation. We can still have, still have faith for God to do something. But I think you can have faith without peace in the same way that you can have a building without a foundation. You can go and build a building without a foundation and you'll have a building, but it's not going to be a very strong building and it's probably going to pretty quickly come down. And so faith is, is the same thing. Is you, you can have faith without being rooted on a foundation of peace, but it's not going to be a strong rooted faith. It's going to over time start to fall apart and become just a bundle of bricks. But now the opposite is also true. Peace is a foundation for faith, but faith is a foundation for peace. <laughs> You guys with me? You got to have faith as well to be able to be rooted in a place of peace. And so these two things, it's like brother and sister, or, you know, they're holding hands, they're joined at the hip. They, they almost can't live apart to fully function. They've got to be joined together to, op, to, to function optimally. To, to really let peace flow through, you've got to have faith. To, to have faith flow through you, you've got to be rooted in peace. And so these two mysteries, as they are, they're mysteries, gifts from God that we've got, they've got to be joined together, holding hands all the time. Psalm 46 verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted on the earth. And so I think this morning, to some of us, the storm that's raging war in your head with worry, with stress and anxiety, God would say to that storm, peace, be still, be quiet. Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25 to 34 speaks about worry and what, what good can it do if you worry and it goes on to, to write about, you know, God cares about the, the birds and, and uh, feeds them and they don't have to worry about getting fed or, or clothed or anything and yet we run around stressing about all these different things and are we going to have enough food to eat, are we going to have enough clothes to, to wear and are we going to look good and, and he's basically says, it says in the scripture that it's like the pagans do all those things. We don't have to do that. We can be Centered, filled with peace and know that we don't have to worry about those things and then it says there's a famous verse in there it says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
And all these things will be given to you as well. All these things are the, the practical things that, that it, it writes about before, that you know, food and clothes and shelter and protection and all the practical things in life. The scripture says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these other things will be given to you as well. They just come along as we put him first, as we choose him first. You see, I think too often we want all of these things without putting him first. And then we sometimes start to nag and complain and, God, but you say you'll give us all these things. But there's almost a condition. Seek first the kingdom and then all of these things. We, we, we don't want to abide by the condition, but we just want all the good stuff. It's like, no, the, the, there's, a, there's an order to this thing. And the order is seek him first. And as we seek him first, then we get all the stuff that comes with him. We spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. It's not about the stuff, it's about him. You see, the kingdom doesn't resolve, revolve around your comforts. And I think sometimes we've, we've somehow been told this gospel very subtly that, that it's about your comforts. It's not about our comforts at all, it's, it's about him. The kingdom revolves around him. And so there's plenty of reason for you to worry about your life if you don't put him first. But as you put him first, his peace comes and it quietens and stills every stressful thought and every worry, every anxious thought, and it just roots you in his peace. And so if, if there's a storm, a storm called worry, that's raging war in your mind, can I invite you to stand and I want to pray for you and tell that storm to be still, sir. Let's do that now. This is one of the road stops that we're stopping on. So I invite you to stand if, if you've got a storm called worry, raging war against you. It doesn't mean that it's your own fault necessarily. Sometimes there's a, a war that's waged against you. So much spiritual warfare happens between our two ears. And I'm going to explain why in a little bit. Why don't you close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of peace. You are the God of peace. And so I speak to every storm that's raging war in every mind, and I say to that storm, peace, be still, be muzzled, and stop in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, that just... As in the sea, a great calm came in the natural. And so I release a great calm, a great peace into each and every mind here this morning. Peace. Be still. Amen. Amen. You guys can take a seat. So one of the keys to maintain and, and remain in that place of peace is to continually renew your mind. We haven't got time to dig into the depths of that right now, but read a book or find one of our sermons from the past about renewing your mind. But you've got powerful tools to renew your mind and, and help you maintain that place of peace in your heart and your mind. So this next stop is a very intriguing stop on the journey.
because probably none of us have thought of it like this. But this next stop, we're going to stop and visit Peace the Soldier. Peace is a soldier. Philippians chapter 4, verse 47. I'm sure we're all well familiar with this. Uh, It's one of my favorite passages of scriptures. It's Paul writing. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Such a profound and powerful passage of Scripture. Man, we all, I think at some point in our lives, are attacked by the storm called worry that comes and tries to cause havoc in our minds. And so something that we can all apply And I think we can apply it on a daily basis to try to help us remain in a place of peace. Because Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but bring your requests to God in prayer with thanksgiving. He's saying, come and bring whatever the thing, that storm called worry in your brain, bring that to Jesus. Bring it to him in prayer. And it says, with thanksgiving. So this is before you've even like really prayed. You're coming into a place of prayer with thanksgiving. God, I'm holding this, this, this stress, this storm, this, this concern that's weighing me down. God, I'm bringing this to you, but as I bring this to you, I'm coming with thanksgiving as I bring this to you. I was like, wow, isn't that a different approach to approaching him? And so bring your prayers, your, your, your concerns, these, these troubles, these storms, bring it into his presence with thanksgiving as a starting place, not as an ending place. You see, we need to start with thanksgiving and not just end with thanksgiving. And then it says this most profound thing. It says, as we bring our stress, our anxiety, our concern, that storm called worry, as we bring and present it to him with thanksgiving, it says the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Sue already touched on it earlier, but how much sickness in our world is stress-related? How much sickness is what they call psychosomatic, mind-induced body sickness? This is the key to so much health and so much sickness in our world because how much sickness is rooted in the mind and in the heart. And right here, there's this promise that as we bring these requests to God, that the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. This is powerful stuff, people. I'm getting excited about it. I hope you're getting excited about it. Now, the word God over there is a very interesting word. So the Greek word is phrureo, uh, and the root word is phruros. Don't worry, it's Greek. <laughs> that root word phruros, let me read what it means. To protect by military guard to prevent hostile invasion. Let me read that again. That word God, 
The peace of God will guard your hearts. That word guard means this. To protect by military guard to prevent hostile invasion. God is giving us tools, people, to He's sitting, it's like having soldiers set up to protect your brain and your heart against hostile invasion from the devil. Because what is the one thing that the devil attacks you when he attacks you? He starts here in your mind. And it all starts over there. And you start to agree with something. As you agree with something, you empower that thing. As you empower that thing, you create and allow a stronghold in your life. And from there, the devil just keeps on going and going and going and going until all of a sudden, and you just feel like you're not in control of your life, everything's falling apart, and your life is a big mess. Because we haven't allowed the soldier called peace to play its role and its God-designed order in your life. The peace of God is like a soldier preventing hostile invasion. God has given you a powerful, powerful tool called peace to prevent the devil from having his way in your life. We need to grab hold of him because he is the peace and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want to be rooted in you. God, I want to take the stress and the worry and the anxiety and the peace, uh, and the, sorry, and the storm called worry, and I want to, I want to get the, the, this military army called peace in to get these hostile invaders out and I want to be filled with just your peace we want your peace Jesus so remember the context here though the context is Paul's writing from prison he's in chains so I just want to make this clear that that, that the peace of God and, and, and the, the soldier called peace doesn't necessarily remove you from your circumstance. But it gives you peace in the circumstance. You see, God did set many of the disciples free from jail supernaturally many times, but there are also times where they're in prison. And Paul writes earlier on in this, uh, in, in the book of... Um, of Philippians in, in chapter 1 about he's in chains but it's been so much good God's done so much good while he's been in prison and so it's been beneficial to so many and so sometimes you might find yourself in a circumstance that's not a comfortable circumstance but maybe God's placing you there because he wants you to release peace in the midst of that circumstance sometimes the physical nature Changes when his peace is released and the waves and the storm and a great calm comes. But other times the circumstance still remains a little bit uncomfortable and messy. But an atmosphere of peace can still come and fill you because peace is not a circumstance. It's a state of being. See, Paul knew this, that it's not about the circumstance I live in. He said, I'm content whether I've got much or whether I've got little. No matter what, I'm content. And so we need to find contentment in our lives. I think so much stress is because of a lack of contentment. And, and we, we look around and 
you know, oh, I need this new thing and I need that new thing and I need to acquire this new thing and, and I need this new car. And, and, and there's so much stuff that we run after because of a lack of contentment. And then we allow the devil to come in as a hostile invader and rob our peace and come and take territory in our lives. verse or two later in Philippians chapter 4 verse 9 it says whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice so as we've learned things as we've heard things as we take these things and we apply them there's another promise that comes with applying what we've learned it says as you apply these things the peace of God will be with you Whatever you've learned and received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the peace of God will be with you. There's almost a condition here. As we do what we're called to do, God blesses us with his presence, with his peace. Mark chapter 5, verse 32 to 34 is the issue. The, the lady with the issue of blood, 12 years, been having this, this issue, spent so much money on seeing doctors and physicians and none of them could help her. She's now poor, almost hopeless. She hears about Jesus and she says to herself, if I can just reach out in the crowd, because he's walking in this great crowd, she hears about him. If I can just reach out and just touch just the hem of his garment, surely I'll be healed. And so she, she pulls through the crowd and she touches Jesus' clothes. And Jesus stops because he feels healing virtue, he feels power flowing from him. And he says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Jesus, what are you, like everyone's touching you, dude. Like we're in a crowd here, we're all shoulder to shoulder. Just like what's, and, and Jesus says, no, who touched me? I felt healing power. And, uh, and so the lady comes and falls at, at Jesus' feet and she says, it was me, I touched you. And she explains the whole story. And uh, as she touched him, she got healed and there she stopped. But then it says something real interesting here at the end. Jesus says to a daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So it's almost like as she goes and continues to walk in peace, that that peace is one of the things that maintains that healing. It's like almost the healing almost becomes complete is, is almost what it's implying here. Go in peace and be healed. I think that's a key for us when we receive healing to continue to walk in peace, to maintain and hold on to that breakthrough and that miracle. When we lose our peace, what happens is we allow hostile invaders to come in and they come and bring back the very thing that Jesus set you free from. So it's so important that once we've got breakthrough, we continue to walk and live and move in his presence carrying peace. We're going to race through point six and seven. Bill Johnson has this wonderful quote. He says, if we come out of a prayer time in the same state we went into prayer, we weren't praying, we were complaining. Let me say that again. If we come out of a prayer time in the same state that we went into that prayer time in, we weren't praying, we were complaining. How many of us have been complaining and not praying? You see, when we truly pray, a divine exchange takes place. 
We take our worry, we take that storm called worry, those anxieties, those stresses, we give it to him and he gives us his peace. And so we get transformed and we get renewed and everything changes. So I want to encourage us as we pray that we genuinely pray I think what that looks like is we're praying for the the betterment of each individual who we're praying for, the situation we're praying for. So often I think our prayers are, again, it's rooted in our comforts. It's, It's God, change this thing so that I can be more comfortable. God, change that person so that I'll find them nicer. So much of it actually really is complaining about circumstance or other people instead of really praying for them that God would lift them up that God would promote them that God would protect them that God would would care for them and hold them in his arms and so we need to stop complaining and we need to start praying so if you've been complaining instead of praying and or if you've tried to do things in your own strength that Philippians 4 thing as we take these things to Jesus instead of trying to look after them all of us all by ourselves and you find things are just being difficult can I invite you to stand and let's just reset that that we'll take things to Jesus and as we take things to him we'll receive his peace and that we'll stop complaining and that we'll pray so if that's you don't be shy don't be filled with shame let's stand and Let's reset. That's what this morning's about. It's about resetting. Sometimes it's just an oil change on the journey. Lord, I thank you for each one of these, and I thank you for the power of the soldier called peace. Lord, I ask that each one of us will realize the weapon that we have as we bring our requests, our prayers, our our needs, as we bring the storm to you, that there will be a divine exchange, that you will take our stress and our worries, you will take our burdens, and you will give us your peace, your burden, your yoke, because it's light and it's easy. And so, Lord, we repent of trying to do things in our own strength, and we say, God, our trust and our dependence is upon you to bring breakthrough, to bring hope, to bring freedom. So Lord, will you come and lift off any burden that we've falsely carried and will you replace that burden with your yoke, with your ease, with your peace, and with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys can take a seat. So our last stop on the journey today, we're nearing the end, we're about about to reach our destination. Are we there yet? Yes, we're almost there. This last stop is called the umpire. Because peace is the umpire. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. I'm sorry, I couldn't do a sermon without going to Colossians. Otherwise you guys will get withdrawals. So John's touched on this, and and I learned this from John a couple of years ago, and just thought just to go after it again. Colossians 3, verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, 
and be thankful. Again, that thankful thing is over there. But the thing I want to look at here is this word rule, that the peace of Christ rule. So the Greek word there is brabule. I know it's Greek. That word means to be the umpire, to be the judge, to be like the ruler. Peace is the umpire in your life. Just imagine for a moment that it's three or four weeks back and it's the Rugby World Cup final and there's no umpires in the game. Can you just imagine the chaos on the field? Just imagine like absolute chaos. Mess. I mean, imagine a, a tennis game and the umpire's not present. Because we're so competitive, it's about winning. We start calling what's, what's out in, we call what's in out. Mass confusion, chaos is the result of sport without an umpire. Chaos and mess is the result of your life without peace being the umpire. You see, peace is supposed to be like the umpire in a, in a sports game that calls, offsides, that's not, that's not okay, stop there. Or, that was out, wasn't in. It's not allowed, you can't do that, you can't do this. That was a goal, that's a free kick. The umpire brings order, brings structure, and brings good and godly decisions. The peace of God is to be the umpire in your life to help you make godly decisions. Otherwise, your life will look like a sports game with no umpire. It will be a mess. And so as you're holding up important decisions before the Lord and you don't know what to do, let peace be the umpire. Let peace be the peace of God help you make the call, yes, that's a good decision, or no, that's not a good decision. There's no peace. That's what the peace of God is there for, to be an umpire in your life. You see, when the peace of God is not present and when we don't allow the peace of God to be the umpire and we allow chaos in our lives, that's when we start to spiral into patterns of sin because we get deceived, because we can't see, because we're calling what was out in and what was in out. And mass confusion reigns. And so in this deception, we then start to live lives that are pleasing to God, but that are filled with sin, with lies, with deception, with strongholds. And so we need to reset and say, God, I need the peace of God to be the umpire in my life to help me make good and godly decisions. And so if you haven't been listening to that internal voice called peace, the umpire in your life, if you've made big decisions and you haven't taken it before the Lord, and now you're living in chaos, the sports game with no umpire, because you didn't let the peace of God be the umpire, then can I invite you to stand and let's reset and let's recalibrate and say, God, we want the peace 
of God to be like the umpire in our lives, to bring order, to bring structure, and to let things go well. So that's you. I invite you to stand. Lord, we've all made poor decisions in our lives at different times. Lord, we ask that we will seek you and that the peace of God will be like an umpire that rules and helps us to make good and wise godly decisions in our daily life. So Lord, as we have made wrong decisions in the past, Lord, we, we, we repent for not coming to you and not, not letting your peace guide and rule. And so we ask for your forgiveness and we ask that you will help us to reset and recalibrate from that place where, and the chaos that might have come into our lives as a result. Lord, will you restore peace? Will you restore peace? And Lord, will you help each one of us moving forward to make godly decisions as peace is the umpire, as peace rules and helps us and guides us and leads us because you are the Prince of Peace. And so we just release peace into each one of these hearts that's standing, each one of these minds, and thank you that you're resetting, you're recalibrating, and you're bringing back order where it feels like chaos has been letting run rampant. Amen. All right, can I invite the rest of us to stand as we close this journey? John chapter 16, verse 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And so, Lord, we, we ask that peace and grace will be multiplied to each one of us, that peace will be the soldier that protects us, that peace will be the umpire that guides us, that you are the Prince of Peace and that you will fill us, that we will walk our lives centered in you as you guide and lead us every day forward and so to worry to anxiety to stress to that storm in our in our mind that's raging war against us we say stop it this far and no further and we release a great calm a great peace a great stillness into each and every heart and mind thank you for the divine protection over our hearts and minds and for divine health as our lives are centered on you. Romans 15:30. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen.